The following is a presentation of the Black Hollywood Live Network, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is Black Hollywood Live. Geek Nerd Tech. Featuring a weekly roundup of tech news and gossip. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host of Black Hollywood Live, Geek Nerd Tech. Oh. Uh. oh yeah Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech The show we break down Nerd culture and tech news From a black and brown geek perspective Ha, I did that last week I got it right Did you get it right last week? Uh, almost okay. I, <laughs> so I got it more than you did Alright, I, 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 I just remember Boom. this time Uh my name is Joe Braswell. Uh, I'm here for Geek Nerd Tech. I'm joined, as always, by the man with the plan. Yes, sir. Not from Pakistan. Yo, my man. <laughs> like, dog. Are you a big Most Def fan? Oh! Yes, I am. Man, the, I used man. to love this song, man. <laughs> DJ Honda, Most Def Traveling, man. Yes. This, this is one of my joints. Yes, 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 yes. I love I love Most Def. Yes, um, sir. And, and and Black Star, of and, course, of you know, course. Everything else, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yassine Bay. Now, is that his name right now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and also in the booth, rocking with some most deaf, deaf is Alexis Torres. Hey, hey, how you doing? I'm good. Do you like my new layout? <laughs> yeah, it's good. I can see if there's a curtain and everything. Yeah, oh, I like mad. to be. I like to be fancy. Yeah, <laughs> you, so. you, you dyed your hair purple. I did. Well, you can't. Yeah, <laughs> same exact color. You just can't see it right I, now. No, I'm uh, well, welcome, welcome back, and to, to us and uh, Alexis held it down last hell week, yeah, I did. yesterday, uh, hell last week, yeah, I did. Um, in, in a major way, major. Um, oh, this is what I was talking about. That's a lump. Oh snap! What happened? Disaster! There? You you breaking stuff? Did off? I do that? Yeah, you did. What is it? Uh, it's your iPad, but it's all good. Oh, okay. Oh, we we got plenty of those. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what happened. Okay. Anyway, breaking shit. <laughs> welcome to like, Geek. What did you just show me? Like? Tech. That was it. That's what I looked at and freaked out over. It's a lung. Oh, my Oh my goodness. Oh. From a smoker? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Put it away. Sorry. I just, it just popped up on my feed. I'm like, I did the same thing. I have to share with the world. Anyway, Ew. welcome to Geek Nerd Tech. We're going to bring down some tech stories. We're going to talk a little bit about Star Wars Duh, which is happening Hell next week. Yeah. Talk about some video games. We're going to touch on some Creed, uh, which we all loved and saw. But first, so let's jump into some tech news. Uh, um you know, Tim Cook's back in the news, as always. Tim Cook stays in the news. I mean, I think G&T is the official uh, Apple podcast, the <laughs> de facto Apple podcast, if, if you will, because we're always talking about Apple stuff. But uh, Tim Cook is in the news because there's a story on BuzzFeed about how the proliferation of these Google I, the, the Google tablets are sort of taking over in schools. Chromebooks? Right? Yeah, Chromebooks. Yeah. And, yeah, the Google Chromebooks are, like, they're, they're all over the place. In fact, they're due, on pace to be, like, in, um, you know, be the dominant force in all schools. And Tim Cook's like, that's cool, but we're not going to be there. You know, we're, we're not going to do that, which is interesting because Apple made a name on being, you know, being the, 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 the computer that's in the schools. I mean, I, I learned on an Apple IIe back in 1980, you know, and uh, and it's always I'm been sorry, that what way. Was that? I forgot. Oh, okay. And so, uh, <laughs> well, Apple IIe should be enough. Apple IIe should be plenty. Um, so I learned on that. And so I guess the main thing here is, 
you know, this is mainly being used for standardized testing, which yeah. which Tim Cook is philosophically against, I imagine, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's 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 two points here in the conversation. One is that in 2012, Google, as it related to the educational system, was only about one percent of devices used in the school system. Now they're about eighty percent. So that's a huge increase in in the span of three years. And like you said, like for Apple, like their proliferation in 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 school systems. What it was like commonplace, like you use that as a as a as a teaching um, device for for students and teachers, um, and so yeah, I mean I think it's a shift, and I mean obviously Apple products are way more expensive, uh-huh. and I mean and you you got to think the dependency on technology is a little different now, so everyone wants them. Like we've seen the phase of computer labs being shrunken and disappearing, so to be able to have now you know a cheaper way to be able to give kids um access i think is good is it good for apple i mean if he, if he says he doesn't care like that's not really his uh his how he's trying to position the company right now then that's fine but i i think the point is, is that you know we have technology that's going to help um propel the the futures of young minds they'll be able to use it for 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 science technology engineering mathematics they'll be able to explore they'll be able to surf on the internet like i think to have that as a standard i think is a great thing so. I, I, well, I think so too, to a certain degree. I mean, uh, Lexus, do you have any thoughts on this at all? I do. Before I do know that, uh, the main reason is, I mean, the, the Google Chromebooks are half the price. Exactly. They're like hella cheap. Yeah, super yeah, cheap. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Was but, that they're a little bit but, cheaper? Hey, man, it gets the job done. Yeah. I guess. It gets the job done. Cheap. Anyway. Wow. So, <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm clearly an Apple guy. Okay. I'm not, okay. I'm not a trader. Right. I'm not a trader. know. Trader like a Lexus in her galaxy. Oh, stop. Uh, all right. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so Super Bowl's coming. The Super Bowl's is, is, is here. There's been some big announcements. First of all, it's Super Bowl 50. Um, it's on CBS. You, you've seen all fifty, huh? You've you seen all fifty. I was, yeah, I was, I was sixteen at Super Bowl one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, uh, <laughs> I knew that was coming. All uh, right, Super Bowl fifty is coming to CBS, and they've lucked out with that one. It is in San Francisco. Uh, my my team, which my team will not be making the Super Bowl this year. Yep. Man, uh, <laughs> yep. we, we, fi- we finally get the Super Bowl in San Francisco. Francisco. And no show. No show. And I've been close. Man. Uh, however, um, CBS is doing it, and uh, Coldplay has been announced to ha- for the halftime show. Actually, what do you think of that? What do you think of Coldplay for doing halftime? Hey, man, Coldplay is huge. I mean, you got to think that the the hundred million plus eyeballs that will be on the Super Bowl, Coldplay is an international group. Yep. Like, I mean, they have some major hits through the course of their career. New album. New album coming. Like, I mean, I, I I think it'll be a good fit. I think I think they, they can rock the stadium, so I think it'll be good. I mean, yeah. of, of these, are you a Coldplay guy, uh, Alexis? Not really, actually. Like, uh, I can I can get down with it, you know, when I'm feeling sad. Sure, well, uh, that's, that's about it. Coldplay's really polarizing. People like hate Coldplay, or, love them, or they love them. I'm in the love category. I'm actually I'm in the middle. I'm in the big. I'm a big Coldplay guy, but awesome. they're one of the last bands that actually falls in that like. Giant like can, that can sell out stadiums. Yeah, stadium. So stadium. That, that's kind of what you're looking for, right? Exactly. It's, a, it's a stadium that still speaks to sort of millennials as well as Gen Xers, and that yeah. baby boomers don't feel alienated watching. You right. know, um, so that that's it. And, and they look if they can have Bruno Mars every year because Bruno Mars is a perfect fit because he's kind of old school for the baby boomers. The Gen Xers <laughs> like him, and the millennials. I mean, 
you got to think. We had Bruno Mars two years ago, Katy Perry last year, and now Coldplay. So, I mean, I'd be interested to see what they do with that 15-minute block, like how they're able to make it make it like a, a, a visceral experience because both Bruno and Katy, it was, it was like, it was a lot of activity. It was like dancing. It was choreography. It was special Col- effects. It, like, it, it, it's they're called- a straight, straightforward Band, you yeah, know what I'm saying? They're, 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 if you see them in shows, they're very visual. They're very visual. They, they, they rely heavily on visual. So yeah. I, 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 I suspect we're going to see something spectacular from a visual standpoint. Yeah. Um, but they've only got about like four or five upbeat songs. Right. Their catalog is kind of like, kind of like, it's mellowed mellow out. to, to exactly. medium. Yeah. However, they have a, Shitload of sort of anthem, you yeah, know, turn off the music, and the whole whole right. auditorium sings their songs. Definitely, so that, that it's, it lends itself. Is to it that. is it weird that I want Janet Jackson to come back? Yeah, no, I mean, not, not at all. Janet yes. Janet is legendary. <laughs> Janet's album was a flopperuski. I know, floppier mm. than your hat. Hey, hey, hey you're whoa! Good. I don't mean that in a bad way. Well, no, I know that. I'm just like, whoa. Um, no, I mean, I, I like that Missy Elliott was there, um, and I, I would like for her to to actually do a full. Thingy. Yeah, so we we digress. I'm really not about the halftime show. Not, not about CBS. <laughs> not about anything else. We're actually talking about the Super Bowl ads, which yes. this year are going uh, for upwards of five million dollars. What? So slightly well, you north got, of you that. For the thirty second ad. For the thirty second ad. Exactly. Oh, okay. The thirty second spot. Yeah. Which is which is nuts. Jeez. And this is about so what CBS is doing, they're trying to like reserve some spots late in the game, some some key spots for people who want to go who want to come to the game late. And that's a strategy simply because two years ago when Fox had it, they sold all those joints off by, by December fourth. Yeah. yeah. And but last year um, when uh, they had it, they they didn't get. I think NBC had it last year. They didn't sell those joints out until like days before the Super Bowl. Yeah. So all this big talk about Super Bowl ads, Super Bowl ads. So it's really a lot of things are attributed to that. Some people want to like see who's in the Super Bowl to see you know what, what the ratings may or may not be. They want to see what the fan bases are. They want to see what the talk is leading up mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl. What the interest is. But you're, you're always going to sell out. But uh, I think it's smart, man. I think it's smart to like reserve. A- 25 slots or whatever the, whatever the number of slots is because you're driving the market up. Like all the hype, the hype machine is gonna, is gonna be so high January, February. And so you're able to, able to sell that to a, a company like, hey, right. well, we have three slots left. If you want to get in, we have a hundred million people that are going to tune in. I mean, if you would have got it like in last year or six months ago, 4.5 million, but now, you know, it's, it's a little higher now. So I think that's hella smart for the network to do, especially with their upfront, upfronts being like, like super low this year. I think quarter one, quarter two, they, they kind of took a dive but so to, to bring it up i think is, is dope with obviously the super bowl the, the most watched television show in tv history yeah you know what i'm saying it's so. the most eyeballs than anything i think yeah. that uh uh but it's you wonder about planning because you know you know marketers and advertisers uh want to and companies want to plan out their super bowl spot you can't just make that shit up on the fly you gotta, i think you, it, it, I think you, some planning. You, you can plan it out now but you don't have to pay for it now that's very true you can have the creative already cooked very true. Just the execution of it. Alexis, do you get excited <laughs> about Super Bowl ads still? Uh, sometimes. Not all the time. Uh. I feel like they're kind of, I don't know, like sometimes I'm like, oh man, these are like awesome. And some of them are like, these are kind of overrated. Yeah. Me personally. I don't know. I, 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 uh, I, I still look forward to them. Um, man, you just, I mean, I'm just doing a, a, a quick calculation in terms of, uh, you would think maybe what, how many commercials run during the Super Bowl? Upwards, what, 50 to 70? Yes. Times five yeah. million. Yeah, that's that's, that's amazing for one night. Yeah, that's I'm crazy. mostly just intrigued at the fact of how much money and time and like people get like through um, through uh, Super Bowl ads. And also, one of our producers was on a Super Bowl ad last year. Who you didn't see him, Stephen? Stephen was on the Jack and Bo- Jack in the Box uh, garlic 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 butter burger 
ad. It was on the Super Bowl, and what? he was on there. Mm-hmm. Lemieux? You can look it up. Yeah, Lemieux. What? Yeah, you can look it up. What did you eat a burger? Yeah, they were uh, Jack in the Box was in the middle of like L.A. somewhere, and they were asking people to try out the new uh, garlic butter burger, and he was there, and he gets he got residual checks for that. Wow, yes. mm-hmm. wasn't about he's giving residual checks. Yeah, go ahead, Lemieux. I didn't know that. Yeah, you right. can ask him about it no later. Wonder, yeah. No wonder he's driving that like crazy whip right now. Yep. <laughs> 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 All right, so. Um, uh, anyway, b- big money spent the Super Bowl, and it's just, it's just a, it's an indication like you know CBS pays big money to have the rights to the Super Bowl, so they're going to get their money back by jacking up the price. You pay that money, of course, because you can sell those yeah, ads exactly. So you can pay that up front. I'll pay you know you can pay that you know four hundred million dollars whatever they pay, and, right. then, and then make you know six hundred million dollars back or whatever. So that's yeah. that's that, that, that's a calculation you make, and you know looks like hopefully it works out for them. Um, okay. You, 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 YouTube released their uh, their top ten uh, like you know, most you-hoo. watched ads of the year, and there's some trends that sort of emerged from there. And it's um, it the, the list is cool. You can check the list out. Um, but there, uh, it's it's up on you know you, you Google YouTube most watched ads in 2015. But you know some of the trends that came out of there, some surprising things that we've learned is um, number one, uh, millennials are still driving this. Yes. Millennials are still driving people like you know millennials watch all are, are the people that drive most of these ads, which which is insane. I mean the numbers like you know they're, 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 the the um, the, the top four videos are responsible for 205 million views, mm-hmm. and it's like three, th- like three million hours of watch time. Mm-hmm. And it's most, and two thirds of that is, is is from millennials. Exactly. Um, the second thing that they that they learned is, um, you know, when you when you have those, those ads that appear automatically, those autoplay ads, either you try to skip through them or, or fast forward them or something. What they learned is most people actually, if they if they if they get through them, they're ten times if they get half, if they watch them at all, they're ten times more likely to visit the site of the brand to get more of those same videos. Yeah, they're, they, more, they're more likely to subscribe to the brand. Subscribe to the brand, right? Yeah, if, they so. finish, if they finish the whole video, they're 23 more likely to take actions like that. that right. That's that's kind of that's kind of big. And lastly, I want to get your thoughts on all this. Lastly, uh, you know, which we've been talking about a lot, you know, it's really all about mobile. You know, the, the, so now officially in 2015, mobile views have surpassed desktop views. Yeah. So that means all people watching any kind of videos, YouTube videos on desktops and, and, um, and laptops, mm-hmm. it's really all about on your, your mobile devices. Right. And so that's kind of what the future is. Yeah. We see that with, with all the money Facebook's making on mobile. Absolutely. Uh, and we see that's the future. So what, what do you think of these trends? I mean, I, I definitely think it's spot on. You gotta think the millennial generation is gonna be in the next, you know, 10 to 20 years, the, the, they have extreme amount of buying power. And so all these companies, that all these brands want to be able to, you know, speak to them, speak their language. So I think the fact that, you know, we are so connected to our mobile devices that you're, you're experiencing a lot of content on your phone and tablet. Like, I mean, it says a lot. And I think the experience for watching, um, 15 second ads, 30 second ads, 60 second ads is, is perfect for something that's held in your hand. So I think, um, I think it's great that we're able to track this type of stuff because of because of you know that technology and analytics and be able to see like hey a certain amount of people have you know a certain click through rate or, or watch through rate and that that transfers over to um, I guess acquisition of them being a fan and I mean that helps a, a brand you know even even more so I think especially now with the Apple TV which I think we're going to cover a little later like being able to have apps to watch your content is going to even jack that number up even higher and yeah. YouTube is one of the biggest apps on Apple TV so uh, I think YouTube and YouTube Red and what they're doing future wise is, is going to be amazing They they have already you know, a billion users like 
worldwide like the content is king on youtube you know what i'm saying for our brand it's the best place i think it might even be better than traditional tv at this point so. I, I i i i agree um i i completely agree uh, i think that um um what we're seeing in in, in the, the the proliferation of like the apps versus channels um, I, I think that that is, 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 is the future and millennials are driving that and this is what it is. Do you think the name YouTube Red is going to stick? I got to change that name. You no, know, I'm not mad at that name. Really? I don't think there's, a, there's a, that name kind of, it has a little bell to it. It has a little ring to it. I don't, I don't see it, anything wrong with that. Like when I first heard the name, it didn't make me like, oh, like what is that? Like, right. I think it's cool. I think All it's right. cool. All right. I'm, I'm moving forward. Um, oh, um, what was I going to ask you? Oh, Alexis, could you email me that? I don't have it. Is that possible? Oh man, I think I think another thing too. Well, I want to ask you, like your personal experience as it relates to your uh, mobile device. Like, how you do you see a difference in how you watch more um, traditional television? Your experience in that in that space. How 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 do you juxtapose that to your experience on your tab on your tablet or your phone? Like, what what type of things do you personally watch on your phone? Versus what you watch um, on TV. I actually am, am really my, my my viewing habits are are, are are changing. Are really really changing. And I think that I'm I'm definitely in the category of doing more of the cord cutting phenomenon. I think that this next move with the purchase of the new Apple TV, mm-hmm. um, and you know uh, that, that that I'm getting now, I I feel like I, I'm 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 the 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 days of me watching tradi- TV in a traditional way, sitting down flipping through the channels, is pretty much gone. Yeah. I think I kind of know the content I want and I can go and find the content that I want or find the shows that I want. Um, I gotta say, I hate the word content, by the way. Uh, I really do. That's a separate, that's a separate rant I would go into. That's such a silicon. You can't mouth. give me like a, a quick, a quick thing of why that's, why, why you don't like that word? Oh yeah, because it's, 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 it's a, you know, coming from entertainment and coming from television and being the old, old way, mm-hmm. like, and being, being, you know, sort of a provider of, uh, of quality uh, sort of television and, and programs, like what we make is not content. That's just that's a Silicon Valley word that sort of reduces what we do down to widgets, uh, and it's a way to describe okay. like you know like you're play. We need to plug some content in the site, so like millennials. And that. It's like it just it just really reduces some something that is could potentially like you know heartfelt or soulful or something that something something we did or if you're trying to work on a piece of art which essentially what a lot of stuff isn't art but a lot of stuff is art and so to reduce that creativity down to the word content and make it a widget and then have it be the ubiquitous ubiquitous word like oh yeah i saw you know i whoa i saw crude creed last night great piece of content it's like that's just that's driving me nuts that's what i think i mean call me old akili what do you got i mean i don't have a i don't i don't have a quarrel with the usage of the word content i mean i think i mean it's the same as if you if you switch the 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 word out for art or star wars that's now that's some great content it's great art like i mean to (laughs) me i I feel it's i feel it's the same like it doesn't it doesn't strike me it doesn't diminish the product it doesn't diminish the expression um, but I get what you're saying. Like it, I mean, it's it's a marketing term. I don't want to. Like, so I'm a, I'm a Hollywood dude. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a, uh, a, a, a Madison Avenue guy. I'm not a Silicon Valley guy. So what they, would you call it? Huh? What would you call it? Programming. Ooh, uh, that's even better. Something, something that's some more, great something, programming. Something more, something more eloquent. That's a, that's <laughs> that is not lo- eloquent. It's a lovely piece of art. You've that's a lovely there, piece Keely of program, programming. Keely, content. Anybody can make content. <laughs> I mean, my cat can make some content in the litter box. Nah, man. Content. 
know. Whatever, man. What, what, Alexis, what are you? You're, 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 no, you're. I was just I was just curious because the fact that usually I use it a lot for when I'm doing like it, not like interviews. Like if I'm asking someone a question, it's more like when people ask me like, oh, what do I do? I say, oh, I produce content for. Um, for uh, AfterBuzz TV or Black Hollywood Live or whatever, I just I I was trying to figure out if there was a better word to use. But since you said that the, that you have a problem with it, I don't know maybe if okay. other people had problem with it. Content so. is king. Okay. Hey, well. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to talk to about our friends. Tell you about our friends from DraftKings. Uh, DraftKings is still cracking. We still got. Like three weeks left in the season. In the, in the season yeah. now, yeah. Uh, so all you fantasy football players who play fantasy football like uh, like us, you don't have to wait and play a whole season. DraftKings allows you to play weekly fantasy fantasy uh, football uh, and with a chance to win money as much as a million dollars. They give away a crap load of money every week. Uh, no season long long commitments. Uh, there's just paydays every single week. Yep, Everyone's Dad and I just won $150 on the last one. What? Yeah. Okay. Getting paid. Cash, cash yeah. out. Uh, cash you know, out. So yep. this isn't fancy as usual. So what you need to do is you, you can go to DraftKings.com, use the promo code BLACK. We used to have the pro, but no, the, not 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 use the pro, promo code black, uh, and you can check out this Sunday. You can enter into into a chance to win a million dollars. That's promo code black. DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com. Uh, we've been talking about it all season, and it's fantastic. People are winning money left and right, including Alexis. So check it out. Yeah. Um. Alrighty. Um. What was I going to say? Uh, Star Wars? Star Wars. Is that where I'm at? I got lost. Yeah. You, you, you've been skipping around, so I'm assuming that no, we're on Star Wars No. We're yet? on... Oh, or? no. You're nowhere in the front of YouTube video. Oh, yeah. The YouTube Rewind. You, YouTube Rewind uh, did, did, it did a video. It was terrible. You thought it was... So, so it's a six-minute video they did, uh, YouTube, to sort of celebrate, you know, uh, 50, uh, 10 years of YouTube from February 14th to December 9th. They got a lot of their... Their content creators and other creators mm. over the years, uh, they did they did sort of almost these parodies on everything from Pizza Rat to to I'm on a boat to a bunch of other stuff. Uh, I watched. I found it. I found it entertaining. It felt a little overproduced. Yeah, and a little a little a uh, little uh, self um, self aggrandizing. <laughs> if that's if that, if that's the term, it felt a like it was it was like take a look at us. We're YouTube. We love or we love ourselves. But it was entertaining. What did you, what did you think? Keely? I thought it was entertaining. Um, you got to think of the audience again. We're talking about younger folks, mm-hmm. millennials, and younger. So I think it was perfect. And I, I think I mean if if you were aware of some of the things they were parodying, then it, it was funny. So and I don't think it was. I think the production was was dope. I like how they were sequencing between different scenes. And I mean. Like I wasn't, I wasn't all the way keen to all of the things that they were showcasing, but it was still entertaining to me. I felt um, it was cool. It was a cool six minute video. Yeah, yeah. it's it felt a long, but I, I, you know, I enjoyed it. What do you do? What do you do? Hey man, it's a, it's, a, it's amazing. It's like their Oscars, it's like the thing you see at the beginning of the Oscars, exactly. over award show or something. You're out on well, it's Alexis, right? Yeah. It was it was it was good. It's for two, you, it was, millennial. No, it was good two years ago, and I will say that I am a millennial. And sure, I I love things like that, but I thought that their rewind like a few years ago, like a couple years ago, was way better than this one. Okay. It was just. It was too much. It's like they were forcing, like, look at all the viral videos. I'm yeah. like, no. It, was a little, it felt a little forced. It was too right. much. I didn't like it. Uh, let's do some Star Wars talk. Just three quick hits. Yay! Uh, so, J.J. Abrams, 
is, is on record and wanting to see Ava DuVernay direct a Star Wars film. I don't, I don't know if it's just, you know, I mean, I, I love J.J. And I don't know if it was just sort of Stop like it. A, Stop it. I, I will blast you out right now. Uh-oh. I will blast you out right now. Let me let you finish, but I'll, I'll blast you out if Uh-oh. you say anything. I mean, Ava's okay. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, that's, no, what no, no. I, that's what I thought you were going to say. No, like, no, no, no. I'm not mad at Ava at all. No, I, I, I'm just saying it's interesting that he would throw that out there. I, just, it, it, I wonder if he really, really thinks that, if that's just sort of like thing. But he's like, he, he elaborated. It's like, he thinks Ava Dillon. If DuVernay would kill it. He basically said, if you saw Selva, her work in Selma, um, it was, it was sophisticated. The way her storytelling was sophisticated was. and humane, and this is kind of what this, the franchise needs. I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think I applaud him for vocalizing her name to yeah. be put out there to direct such an iconic film and brand to have a, a woman and a black woman at that yep. be able to take the helm of the ship and, and and direct it I think that would be awesome and I honestly believe that she would do a, a great job I think she has the skills I think she has the directorial vision to be able to bring you know the next chapter to life I I, I would definitely advocate for her if if she was in the in the standing the running standing to be the next director of it she she's dope to me I think okay. she has the skills the chops all of it alright yeah alright all right, yeah. let's go I mean, it's, it's, I mean, they've already got they've already got directors for episodes uh, eight and nine, but you know, there's, hey. there's plenty plenty of Star Wars movies left in the canon. Uh, this next story is like very. Uh, it's it's just a, the biggest non-story because this is the story that's come up about 15 times on the internet, which is George Lucas. He saw Star Wars. What did he really think? George Lucas saw Star Wars and he hated it. George Lucas saw Star Wars and he's pissed. So this is basically George Lu- Lucas Lies. really likes Star Wars and said the fans are going to love it. This is the biggest non-story. What the f else is he going to supposed to say? Of course, I mean, I kind of, I kind of, I, I think what they're saying is because. Because this is his baby, because he built this this empire, essentially, it's very hard ha. for him to, I know, right? It's very hard for him to kind of, like, divorce himself of it completely. And so if there were, like, creative things that he wanted to implement or see brought to life, like, he's, he has to take a back seat because it's, it's not his time anymore. Like, so I think in that sense, if he watched the film and he might have saw some, some things that weren't necessarily true to his form, like, that's probably what they're alluding to. But I still think that... Um, JJ will do an excellent job, and I think that uh, he has trust in his, his abilities to bring it to life. So, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm not mad. I want to see, you know, I want to see. Oh, well, you know, is uh, is is our boy Coogs? I want to see him get get did something something big. But uh, you know, uh, J- uh, Ava was in talks to do Black Panther, mm-hmm. and and she actually she she got it actually and dropped yeah, out. She, she good. couldn't couldn't see eye to eye with Marvel, and it's you know Marvel's very difficult to work for. Openly yes. and creatively, I mean, ask uh, yes. ask Edgar Wright. You know, like he, you know, he's a super talented director who, you know, would not allowed to really do his thing, so he left. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It's not really a director friendly environment. They're very much about sort of making their, you yeah. know, doing their thing. So we'll see. Um, Harrison Ford. But, go ahead. I mean, you brought it up because Ryan obviously is uh, in the. He, I mean, he pretty much has the job. Ryan Coogler has a job. Like Ryan Coogler, who directed Creed and Fruitville Station, is now in the running for uh, Black Panther. Yeah, I mean, and obviously Marvel wants to have an African American director do it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's no one hotter period right now than Ryan Coogler. He seems like the obvious choice. Mm-hmm. I just hope they let him do his thing. Yeah, um, I, I don't think he'll. I don't think if he's on, if they won't allow him, right. if they disallow him, like he won't do it. Just like Ava, I think he's very. Uh, 
very specific and he he will want to execute his vision because that's his yeah. brand thus far he's not going to do something dictated to right so um yeah we'll, we'll see i just i just don't want to see him get i mean because because he if he does this then next his next movie is obviously gonna be creed 2 and then what black panther 2 i, I don't want to get caught in a loop right. of like you know i want to see him be able to do some more fruit veils or just something like you know some some more original stories i'm just i know he's got a lot back there yeah. i don't, don't want to see him just servicing franchises for the next you know i don't think he'll do that I mean, he, you know, he, I mean, he's, he's, he's committing, and it was just a great deal. Like, he's, he's basically setting up his future, but still. Exactly. Um, McCreed is his, so he'll, he'll do all those. Right. Um, I would imagine. And the Black Panther, I mean, he doesn't have to do Black Panther 2, but, you right. know, I'm assuming, uh, if, if Coogler, if Coogler directs one and it's hot, he's gonna do two. Yo, and I, I forgot, I forgot to insert this into the conversation. And just for, you know, me campaigning for Ava, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know if you, if you know this, but she, uh, they, they did, they did the Ava Barbie doll, and it sold out in like hours. Like there's a Ava DuVernay Barbie that dropped last week, this week, and it's awesome, and it's awesome, and it sold out literally like in a few hours. Wow! Yeah, so I mean that's pretty awesome for her as a director, as a a woman, as a black woman to be able to have something as as dope as that. Oh my god! Like really, like just kill the game. You know what I'm saying? So. Oh wow! Oh wow! So she's directing. She's in the director's school. Director Barbie. That's dope. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. Good, good for the uh, that uh, that Barbie viral ad, by the way. That that, that is, I think it was one of the, the top viral ad. I don't know if you've seen it, Alexis. It's pretty. Yeah, strong. no, no, I saw it. Yeah, I was it's like, pretty this is great. Pretty good, pretty good. Oh yeah. Okay, so uh, so moving on. So we talked about Creed. I, I want to do want to talk about Harrison Ford get, getting the opportunity to go back and um, uh, uh, Harrison Ford like did a did a presser where he, did he a was. Was well, we don't know yet, but maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. He's done a Twitter sort of like Q and A Q&A on Twitter, and he may may have dropped a spoiler. He said, uh, "You know, I thought the sword. This is my bad, Harrison Ford. I thought ah. the sword fight between Ray and Kylo Ren was fantastic visual storytelling. Now, sword fight between Ray and Kylo Ren. We don't we don't see Ray with a lightsaber ever. We don't know if she's wielding one. Does mm-hmm. this mean she's a Jedi? Does she? Does it mean she's the son of?" Some you know the daughter of someone good, yep. did, or, or did he mean uh, Finn? Did he mean you know was it the wrong character? Uh, I mean he spelled Kylo Ren wrong, so who knows? Uh, yeah, man, I don't know. There, there's a although I, there is, I think wait, it's just a bunch of speculation. It's definitely speculation. I don't think that Harrison Ford would make us make such a slip. I think if anything, it was strategic for yep. for to have people talk about it just like this i, I don't think, think so? man they are so buttoned up and that that operation is so tight they're not come on man. out of all this time you think, you think he I would slip now you think he would slip now i was just saying that man, a lot of, some whiskey on him yeah i was gonna say i was like i think i think harrison probably <laughs> a lot of people are saying he's like oh he's so old so maybe he just slipped he's you a, know he, with his he, names and stuff he's I'm a like, huge stoner too. i really doubt harrison he is a huge stoner i forgot about that i doubt he was actually the one typing well no no i think that was something in the picture they got him typing but you know he wasn't typing yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I don't know. Um, well, there's a misspell, so maybe maybe you might want him. Uh, so we'll see if it is or not. But there, I think in the in the in the Chinese version in the in the Chinese trailer, there is. Uh, I think this is a weird thing with Kylo Ren in the middle and Ren and Ren, uh, Finn and Ray on each side, like they're going to start a fight. I can't remember. I think I saw that image. So maybe that's what you're Man, talking I'll, about. I'll, this is kind of off the subject, and I'll make yeah. it quick. But I, I was reading an article about Star, Star Wars and George Lucas. And um, it was saying that, you know, initially 
um, as a filmmaker when he first started, he was very experimental. He, he's willing to take changes. Mm-hmm. And when he started, when he built the, the Star Wars franchise, he kind of got sucked into this ecosystem and he kind of like lost a lot of that experimentation element that, that he had. And so, uh, Francis Coppola, who directed, um, okay. Godfather, said like, I mean, they, and they were friends and partners, said he, he hopes that George Lucas will, um, I guess come back true to his form and start to create more independent films that are more experimental and, and, sh- and showcase like his his risk yeah, taking back, in back filmmaking to the THX way, exactly. you know what 11, 11, 28 days and also exactly. this, that's, what, that's what Coppola is doing right now right. Coppola is doing a lot of experimental yeah. like weird little yeah. films right now and you know arguably he's he's made you know three of the, the most amazing films of Man. cinema history seriously uh, but uh and George Lucas may go back to that. Uh, Brian De Palma has gone back to that. Like mm-hmm. he's doing little stuff. These, these all guys were friends. It was, exactly. it was De Palma, Lucas, uh, Spielberg, and Coppola yep. were the four who were kind of yep. buddies back in the early seventies. Uh, I think Zemeckis was after them, but like he. So anyway, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, obviously, I don't think Spielberg's going to go back to doing the indie anything. Uh, but yeah. you know, let's see what the rest of those guys do. Yeah. Uh, Lexus, I don't know. Do you want to talk video games? Or do you want to talk Creed? Want to talk about Creed? Okay. Oh, hell yeah. Let's so, go. Uh, want to talk about Creed? So we all saw Creed. Um, I just, I, I, I just want to say it was, it was, it was fantastic. If you haven't seen it, please, please, please do yourself a favor and go, and go see it. Go again. See it. Uh, you know, one of, just, just one of the things that just impressed me the most about this, aside from the performances, is uh, just Kugler's direction. It was, yeah. it was expertly crafted and directed with a ton, a ton of heart. Yeah, and it has so many like little, little touches from a directorial standpoint and. Crazy cinematography and just it just it's just a well crafted film and I really I really really hope he gets nominated. This is like a as well of a crafted film as anything out there right now. I I don't know how he does get nominated as a director. Definitely, I mean he he man we talk about this all the time offline. He definitely has my stamp, um, young brother, who is man just making all the right moves. Very strategic, super creative um, as a, as a writer, as a director, as a visionary. Like, I think the movie was awesome, like, from beginning to end. Um, and like you said, like, the sophistication in terms of his direction, direction, like, the, the, the scene, the couple, two scenes in particular where they didn't use cuts. It was just, you know, oh, all the way, favorite. all the way, shot. just one shot, you know, na- na- navigating the camera all the way through mm-hmm. to, like, bring the viewer in, um, to participate in the actual fight scenes. Like, cause typically with the camera, the viewer is more observing, but he utilized the camera as a way to make the, the viewer per- as a participant. So. Absolutely. The, the entire movie, I want to get your yeah. take Alexis too, but the entire movie, yeah. even like, even little touches about, we, we did talk a lot, we read a lot about, uh, the stuff in the doorway, the stuff mm-hmm. that, you know, you know, uh, with a girl, like, uh, how just a shot, like the shots of, like, from her doorway, over her shoulder, from her perspective. Yeah. And it just gives a lot, like, it just, it shows a lot of, like, Sort of personalization and really inviting the viewer into his very intimate situations. Absolutely, um, I like I like the fact that he u- utilizes um, female DPs. Like mm-hmm. for a Frugal Station, he I forgot her name, but she, but he utilized a, a woman, and for this one, he utilized a woman. I, I like the fact that his set or his team is very diverse, and so I think that yeah, adds right. to the creative output. That it's not you know a typical conventional. Uh, all all man type of thing. Like he's bringing in different different talent People, and different and, and perspectives. Young talent. Like exactly. the, his, the guy who did all the sound exactly. is the son of the guy who basically did all the sound for Skywalker. Who invented the the Wookiee sound and invented the 
the lightsaber sound and went out and recorded all the power lines for, for George Lucas and did a bunch of other right. stuff. Mm-hmm. It's his son yeah. who did the sound design for this. That's for you guys' name. And it's like a lot of like father-son stuff. Alexis, what did you think as, as a millennial? No, I mean, <laughs> really? Like, Sorry, you're a millennial. God. I mean, no, I mean, I again, I will embrace the fact that I'm a millennial. It's fine. Um, I just think that for what it was, because I'm such a Rocky fan, and I grew up on that as, and again, as a family that has done martial arts all their life and boxing, like that's been a part of my life for a really long time. It brought me back to the first Rocky, first of all, and to just the, the choreography and the sounds that they had when they were, you know, hitting the bag or yeah. hitting somebody or whatever during the, the actual matches were amazing. Everything was shot beautifully. And I did find out that the, he does have a young crew. And I think that's what most directors should start doing is starting to implement people who are in our age group or a little older or whatever and really show that they have talent. They just mm-hmm. need to give them a chance because I'm in that same boat that I'm glad that AfterBuzz has given me this chance to, to do what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I want more, you know, a young adults as myself and a little older to really showcase that because I feel like a lot of people come out of college who are in my position and they can't find their way in because someone with 10 years of experience is doing that, but they don't see that they have talent. Mm-hmm. So I like that. And it really showed in this movie. And it was fan Sorry, I have to say this, man. Fucking tastic, yeah. and I loved it. I mean, I mean, and I just wanted not to. to Michael B. Jordan, phenomenal job. He's great, and he's he, he's a star. Did he's you guys magnetic. hear about his his training regiment? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was yeah, crazy. No. Yeah, he was like, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and Sly, obviously, Oscar Oscar buzz for Sly, mm-hmm. well deserved. He got nominated. He just got nominated for a Golden Globe, which As is fantastic. Um, I just really hope that the that, that they don't just keep shining light on Sly and Sly's acting job and not yeah. pay attention to to the movie. I think the movie's nominatable. I think mm-hmm. Coogler is nominatable. Um, and uh, Michael B. Jordan won't, it won't happen, but I think he's nominatable. So I really, I really hope that the Academy you know, gets their shit together and, and and pays more attention to the the the, the filmmaking that's done in this movie. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, and I'm gonna blast you out Uh-oh. when you Uh-oh. when you see see his movie, Uh-oh. the first one, you'll see that I mean it's true to form. Like he, I don't know, man. I I, I love his style. I love his choices. Like he he's a true artist, man, and. Like, I mean, I'm not going to, I don't mean to be like, so like dick riding, but like, he's dope. He's the future. No, he's like, he is. like no, you I think I said this to you on, through text. Like, I feel like Michael B and him and him are like the new Denzel and Spike. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, Denzel and Spike, new, Scors- new Scorsese and yeah. uh, De Niro, I mean, mm-hmm. whatever power duo you want to say. Exactly. Or Scorsese and Leo now, but whatever it is, like, yeah, I'm with it 100%. So go see Creed, Coogler, uh, and, uh, and B. Jordan. Yeah. That's all we got. Yeah, no, that's it. All right. Well, um, Alexis, where can the kids find you? Where can yeah. the millennials find you? Oh, yes. my God. We are just riding mill- that mill- boat mill- all the way down this where can they creek. find Where can they find your content? Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> you son of a... You can find me all over social media and where all Alexis Torres's are sold at atorres890. Please follow my vlog on youtube.com slash atorres890. I'm going to be doing my 100th vlog in a few oh. uh, days, and I'll be doing a Q&A, so use that hashtag, askatorres890. Don't forget to check out all our other channels here, AfterBuzz TV as well, uh, Booksucker Online, uh, popcorn talk and hello every girl as well where you where chicken ain't nothing but a bird you can find me on twitter and instagram at keepy shine a-k-i-l-i-s-h-i-n-e and where can they find you my out in these 
brother. Streets? <laughs> yes. uh, j- at Joe K. Braswell, Twitter, Instagram, Periscope. Periscope's still happening uh, and is there. Uh, you can find me all the places. Um, after New Year, you can find me uh, picking up the blacklist on After Buzz TV, our sister network. Uh, thank you for listening and watching those of you on YouTube. Thanks for su- subscribing. Happy holidays, Happy everyone. holidays for you. We'll see you for one more show, your year in show next week, and we'll see you then. Thanks. Bye. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at BlackHollywoodLive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagram at King XO Bay. Thanks for tuning in. Up to the Hollywood redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the or the principles.